Hello everybody and welcome back to the JRPG Report. This is episode 229 and my name is Dalton Suter. And first and foremost, I just want to apologize up front. I know the show is a bit late this week. Um, I So I've been dealing with a lot of uh, what I call anxiety stomach. So uh, with waiting to hear back from this new job and everything, I was very anxious and uh, it was just making me very nauseous. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it um, other than it just isn't pleasant. But uh, I did get the word yesterday that I did. I do have the job and I start uh, Friday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, start today. So send me some good vibes. So now that that is out of the way and I know that um, I'll be getting my schedule and things, I will do my absolute best to still get this to you every Thursday. Um, but it will be weekly still. Regardless what day it comes out, it will be weekly. But I'm still going to shoot for Thursdays. That being said, now that all that mumbo jumbo is out of the way, Let's roll into the news. Not a whole ton this week, but I didn't want to leave any of you guys hanging. So, first and foremost, something that I just thought was interesting. Global sales for Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes have surpassed a million units. However, Nintendo has not provided numbers on how many were sold in each territory. In commemoration, you can now download a free wallpaper, and it depicts all of the characters who appear in the game. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes debuted worldwide June 24th, 2023. 2022. Wow, I messed that all up. June 24th, 2022. My goodness. This means that Nintendo reached the million unit milestone in under two months. And in comparison, Fire Emblem Warriors took seven months to sell a million units. For those who are curious as to how the new game feels and plays, there's a demo available on the Nintendo eShop. There's no news yet as of if there's going to be any DLC for Three Hopes. But like Fire Emblem Three Houses, there is a time skip within the game separating the Academy phase and the War phase. However, the game plays like a hack-and-slash Musou, though there are strategic elements such as character placement. Instead of placing Byleth, your protagonist is Shez. Like with Byleth, you can choose what gender you want Shez to be presented as. The game also includes several elements of Three Houses, such as in the adjutant and the battle battalion systems. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes is available on the Nintendo Switch right now, if you'd like that. I need to get around to that. I absolutely adored Fire Emblem Three Houses. That game was fantastic. I need to go back and play that again, actually. But uh, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed that game. So I really would like to play these games because I love Warriors games. Um, Dynasty Warriors is what got me into uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms and that novel and you know that whole... It's just... It's a cool thing, and uh, I just I love all the Warriors games, so I'll have to definitely check that out, and I hope you guys do too. Publisher Square Enix and developer Len Kars have released a seven-minute world explanation trailer for the strategy RPG The Diofield Chronicle. Here's an overview of the game via Square Enix. The birth of a new simulation RPG with cutting-edge graphics. An all-new simulation RPG brought to you by Square Enix. Combining our skill and experience in crafting great stories with real-time strategic elements, we have created a simulation RPG that may look familiar at a glance, but provides something never seen before. The game offers a truly unique experience from both its story and its gameplay. An all-new simulation RPG from Square Enix that chronicles a tale of an epic war and its honor. Features a unique world depicted using beautiful graphics that blend fantasy, medieval, and modern-day influences, a deep yet innovative real-time battle system. The battles in this game are defined by a swift assessment of the battlefield conditions and issuing decisive orders that take advantage of your troops' strengths and weaknesses to gain advantage over your foe. Make clever use of a variety of skills, classes, and equipment 
to attack the enemy and complete your mission. The natural environment and cultures of the island of Dio Field combine with unique diorama-style textures to create a clear and beautiful visual aesthetic. The Dio Field Chronicle will be available via PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC via Steam on September 22nd worldwide. A demo will be out August 10th. And if you'd like to check out this trailer, I did retweet it. And you can find that over at the JRPG Report Twitter, which is at JRPG Report. So the next entry in the Doramon Story of Seasons is closing in. Bandai Namco unveiled the next global version of Friends of the Great Kingdom's full release date, as well as a new trailer. The Doramon Story of Seasons release date is scheduled for November 2nd, 2022. And it'll land on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 5, and PC via Steam on the same day. The release date trailer for Doraemon Story of Seasons Friends of the Great Kingdom reveals more about the gameplay and some of its additions. Doraemon Story of Seasons Friends of the Great Kingdom takes place on the planet of Illuma. Nobi, Doraemon, and their friends travel there and meet new companion, Loomis. They agree to live on his farm and help him achieve his dream. As in the previous game, they'll raise animals and plants and harvest crops in the, cl- the classical Story of Seasons approximation of farm life. Additional gameplay is enabled by Doraemon's signature secret gadgets, the graphics have been improved for the sequel with enhanced lighting and emphasis on Illuma's natural beauty. The game includes two-player cooperative mode online that allows players to farm in pairs. Pre-orders and early purchases of Doraemon Story of Seasons Friends of the Great Kingdom will net some DLC bonuses. Items like a summer wear vest set, a home furniture set, and sweet seeds set will be included in the editions of these games. There's also a digital deluxe edition that includes a season pass, two seed set packs, digital soundtrack with more than 80 pieces of music from the games in the series, and finally... Players who herded Doraemon and crew through Shizen Town in the first game will be given a Natura garb set for their trouble. So Doraemon Story of Seasons Friends of the Great Kingdom launches on PS5, Switch, and PC on November 2nd, 2022. I know it's not necessarily a JRPG game, but it's coming out of Japan and I'm really looking forward to it. And I just hoped that you know if I talked about it, maybe some of you would be interested in it because it looks adorable. It looks like it's going to be a great time. And uh it could be something to check out. Rolling right along, though, P-Cube will release K. Rupanda's developed dungeon RPG Labyrinth of Zangetsu for PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC via Steam in quarter one of 2023 in the West, according to listings at retailers such as VGP and PNP Games. In Japan, Labyrinth of Zangetsu is published by Acquire and due out for PlayStation 4 and Switch September 29th, with a PC version due out via Steam at a later date. Here's an overview of the game. Labyrinth of Zangetsu breaks onto the scene for PC and consoles. Set in the Edo period, the world has blackened under the disaster of the Ink of Ruin. Conscript, conscript a team of skilled warriors to venture deep into the impure labyrinths to conquer the ink plaguing the land. Will you return unscathed and free the land of this stain? Dangerous yokai await you inside. Some of the key features of the game include uniquely illustrated visuals and a hand-drawn jet black ink brush stroke, which is very reminiscent of traditional Japanese calligraphy. Six playable heroes pre-programmed into the game. There is also an option to create and build your own hero with the unique individual stats and abilities. The game will have frightening enemies based off of traditional Japanese folklore and yokai, ghost schools and demons, turn-based battles with various ink beasts in the most dangerous of areas, three front characters to engage, and three back characters to defend and parry. Engaging narrative and overarching story to enjoy the successes of your gameplay and reflect upon your losses too. Immersive and atmospheric music based off of various traditional Japanese songs as you play to create a captivating story. So if that sounds interesting to you, keep your ears out for that one. 
up next we have some Soul Hackers 2 information. I'm thinking we're going to stop be getting less and less info about this game seeing as that it's coming out pretty pretty soon. But uh Atlas has revealed the DLC content that will appear in Soul Hackers 2 after launch. Some of the DLC will already be available in the game if you purchase the digital deluxe version or premium edition. The normal game costs 59.99, digital deluxe is 69.99, and premium edition is 89.99. Now there are 5 different types of DLC that will be available at launch. And they are the bonus story arc, the lost numbers, a bonus story arc about Nana, who is a new devil summoner. The story arc will also grant access to a new dungeon and boss that's not in the base game. You know, that kind of that kind of stinks that that's day one DLC. It's really crappy, uh, in my opinion, that, that that could be that should have been in the base game already. <clears throat> in That's just me, though. Um, but also a costume and BGM pack. This pack will allow you to get outfits and accessories from Persona 4, Persona 5, Shin Megami Tensei 4 and more. You can also change the battle BGM to from one of those games. This uh, bonus demon pack, this pack includes eight demons. They are uh, Tsitsumitil, uh, Anahita, Armaiti, Zao Gongen, Nemisa, Mara, Masakado, and Satan. Nice. <laughs> and Satan. That's just, yeah, one of those. Uh, this pack will increase the frequency of getting items from battle. Oh, that would be the booster item pack. And then a useful item set plus extra difficulty setting. This pack will give... A, you the essential items as well as unlock the very hard difficulty mode so soul hackers 2 will follow ringo who is an ancient agent of ion on a mission to stop the apocalypse the game is a jrpg with dungeon crawler elements and it will be due out august 25th 2022 for japan and august 26th 2022 for other territories and it will be released on ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series x and windows pc and speaking of soul hackers 2 we have just a little bit more information that atlas has released a new english trailer uh, about the devil summoning and combat. So here's basically the gist of what the trailer says. Explore a brand new supernatural RPG in Soul Hackers 2, where the stylish devil summoners and dark dangers lurk beneath the neon lights of a futuristic Japan. It is up to the agents of Aeon to decrypt destiny and save the world from the apocalypse. Welcome, agents of Aeon. Today we'll discuss the particulars of devil summoning and combat. Devil summoners are humans who have forged contracts with demons who can then be summoned at will through their comp systems. Demons can be assigned to each of Ringo's teammates, and they will then have access to that demon's abilities in battle. Identify and explore enemy weaknesses to gain stacks at the end of the party's turn. Ringo will use those stacks to conduct a Sabbath, a brutal attack that affects all enemies on the field. As Ringo's connections with her allies deepen, she will gain access to commander skills, powers of Aeon, and that Ringo can use in battle without taking up a turn. There is also passive commander skills that automatically trigger during battle. Special materials are required in order to unlock commander skills at the comp smith, but they are worth it. It's a good idea to upgrade whenever you have the materials. As the demon's level increases, they will learn new abilities, and once they've reached their full potential, they may even share a mystique with Ringo. Equip mystiques to give new affinities and stat boosts to Ringo and her teammates. Finding demons and mystiques that suit each other is key. Ringo and her team's comp system can be used to customize and can't or can be customized at the comp smith, where Tatara what can add new attributes or affinities. But we'll save that for another day. So uh, yeah, lots of uh, lots of news recently about Soul Hackers too. The more I read about it, the more I want to play it. But uh, here's hoping that uh, it doesn't get like review bombed for having the the day one DLC, even though that is pretty. That's uh, not good. It's not good. Uh, all right, I think at about this time, I'm going to go ahead and say let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. All right, we are back. And let's just keep this thing rolling along, shall we? Final Fantasy VII Remake's development team did a lot of work to remake Walmart. 
but a song and dance took most of the work of all. And a new blog post from Square Enix covering the development of the game shows that Honey Bee Inn in Final Fantasy VII Remake took the most prep work of all the sequences in the chapter. The post also shed more light on the boss battle with a fan-favorite enemy, Hell House. As with other entries in the Final Fantasy VII Remake Revisited series, the blog features insight from members of the dev team. This installment included input from co-director Motomu Toriyama, composer Mitsuto Suzuki, battle director Teruki Endo, designer Naoki Hamaguchi, cutscene director Hidekazu Miyaki, and character designer Roberto Ferrari. As with other sections of Final Fantasy VII Remake, the Honeybee Inn and Wall Market areas were approached with a based on central idea. The idea was to give the players a deeper look at the lives of Midgar's slum dwellers. In-game, this is expressed in side quests and, chain, and quest chains for the residents. The quests also have an additional effect on the outcomes by the time the player gets into the Honeybee Inn. They affect the outfits that Cloud, Tifa, and Aerith wear in that section. Sector 7's side quests affect Tifa's outfit, Sector 5's quests influence Aerith's choice of clothing, and Wall Market itself determines Cloud's look. When remaking the Honeybee Inn for Final Fantasy VII Remake, the team decided from the beginning to reframe the establishment. In Final Fantasy VII, the Honeybee Inn was clearly a brothel, but for Remake, the team opted to recast the location as more of a cabaret, with a focus on maximum show business. This included a song and dance number, naturally. The process of referencing dance shows, editing together footage, lyrics, and choreography was quite time-consuming. In fact, according to Toriyama, pre-production prep took the longest period in the whole development of Wall Market. By the time development wrapped up, the finalized sequence contained many references to Cloud's actions from the original game as well as in the remake with distinctive poses and steps. Final Fantasy VII Remake is available for PC, PS4, and PS5. Its sequel, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, is in development, and figures of Cloud in one of the dress options from the Honeybee Inn are available for pre-order. Alright, and up next... Genshin Impact 3.0 update goes live soon. Hoyoverse uploaded a full trailer for the update titled The Morn a Thousand Roses Bring. It's a full new story details setting up the Traveler's Adventures into Sumera. Teases for planned events, gear sets, weapons, activities are also visible. On launch, players will get a chance to recruit Koili for free. According to the trailer, and accompanying data from Hoyoverse, Genshin Impact 3.0 will introduce Sumeru as a region west of Liu. Or I think it's Liue. Liue? Hints in the direction of the game's map's expansion suggest that it lies beyond the chasm in southwest Liyue. It'll unlock gradually at first. When it launches, travelers will be able to access the rainforests of Sumeru, including Sumeru City proper and Port Oromus. These areas are ruled by the Academia, founded by those loyal to the previous Dendro Archon, Rukhadvata. The lesser lord Kusanali succeeded Rukhadvata 500 years before the start of the game, making her the youngest of the seven. The Academia manages knowledge like a resource to be allocated. Sub-Zero's Festival is a key event in the Genshin Impact 3.0 story. The character Nilu, who devotes herself to art and dance to the consternation of the Academia, will perform a dance in its, as its major attraction. The Genshin Impact 3.0 trailer features lines from various Sumeru characters, as well as snippets of gameplay featuring the new characters. Tainari and her student Koili are both Dendro Element bow users. Thus, they're likely the first playable Dendro characters in the Genshin Impact. Dory, an elusive merchant, is a four-star Electro support character. Dendro is a new elemental type, which can trigger different reactions with Pyro, Hydro, and Electro elements. Dendro and Hydro trigger Bloom reactions, spawning Dendro cores that can explode. If cores touch Pyro or Electro energy before exploding, they can Burgeon, which increases their explosion damage, or Hyper Bloom, 
which turns them into homing projectiles that hit enemies. Dendro and Electro together trigger Catalyze, which applies the Quicken effect to targets. This effect increases their damage taken. The enemies present in the Sumeru's rainforest are also adapted to the Dendro's heavy environment and can transform based on their contact with various elements. Some can even drop different items depending on how they're fought. New boss encounters include the Electro Ridges Vine and the Dendro Element Jade Plume Terror Shroom. That is an awesome name. That is a band name if I've ever heard one. Jade Plume Terror Shroom? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the first half of the Genshin 3.0 update features wish banners with Tainari, Koili, and Zongli. Dory will arrive on a banner that features reruns from Kokomi and Ganyu in the latter part of the update. Players will be able to recruit Koili for free by completing the 3.0 seasonal event, Graven Innocence. New artifact sets include the Deepwood Memories set and a Gilded Dreams set. Deepwood Memories boosts Dendro damage and reduces enemy Dendro resistance when hitting them with elemental skills or bursts. Gilded Dreams boosts elemental mastery and buffs characters that trigger elemental reactions. New four-star Dendro-themed weapons in each class will become available, as well as will new named weapons, like the five-star bow Hunter's Path and the fish-themed four-star bow End of the Line. Other gadgets are planned to improve the experience of farming, wood, cooking, and fishing and make them easier. As for events, Graven Innocence is the main seasonal event of the update and can reward a free copy of Koileum Completion. Tablet Analytics is a combat challenge that uses unique elemental buff effects from remelting tablet nutri- nutritional supplements. Lost Riches brings back the treasure-seeking Seely. Phase Trials appear to be based on capturing images of an enemy group while time has stopped. Other minor events like Leyline Overflow will also make a return. If any of this sounds remotely interesting to you, Genshin Impact is available on iOS, Android, PS4, PS5, and PC, and it is free to play. And speaking of some MMOs, Final Fantasy XIV Summer Event, the 2022 Final Fantasy XIV Moonfire Fair is live now. The event began on August 10th, 2022, and will run through August 26th, 2022. As well as other instances of the seasonal celebration, participants will win some free clothing to use for their glamour sets. They'll also come away with a hot new piece of outdoor furniture, perhaps to warm cold nights in Ishgard. <laughs> Players can start the Final Fantasy XIV Moonfire Fair 2022 quest by speaking to the NPC Mayaru Mor. I should know how to do this because it's Taru. It's a uh, Mayaru Moryaru. There we go. Located in Limsalomensa, he's on the upper decks. He's hanging out. At the plaza near the aft castle Aether Point, concluding the quest line gives players a five-piece set of quote-unquote summer sunset gear. There's one piece for, piece for each main armor slot, and each has low-level requirement, making them suitable only for cosmetic glamours. But the Somerset Sunset Bandana gives players a festive headscarf with gold patterns. The Summer Sunset Beach Cover-Up is like a shirt-like beach garment that is meant to hang open. On male characters, the piece shows a set of lovely beach jewelry, and on female characters, it shows a bikini top. The cover-up itself has similar gold patterns on the design. The Summer Sunset Wrist Torques add extra bracelets accessories. Uh, The Summer Sunset Bottoms display a set of patterned beach pants on males and bikini bottoms on females. And finally, the Summer Sunset Sandals go on the feet. All the pieces are dyeable, though, and... Also in Final Fantasy XIV news, Square Enix has uploaded a new trailer for the next stage of content for Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Final Fantasy XIV Patch 6.2 trailer previewed some previously announced additions to the game. This included the island sanctuary space, new story developments, and more. Producer Naoki Yoshida revealed the new trailer during the latest Letter from the Producer Live. Aside from continuing the War of Light's adventures in post-era Endwalker era, 
The Final Fantasy XIV patch 6.2 trailer previews some of the new content that players can expect. These include another tier of the Pandemonium Raid series, Abyssus. Abyssus will feature a boss called Proto Carbuncle, a boss-sized version of little carbuncle creatures used by scholars. <laughs> That's fantastic. There's also a new instance dungeon, the Fell Court of Troya, and an as-of-yet unnamed trial. Patch 6.2 swaps the Unreal trial for Containment Bay S1T7 as well, letting players battle Sephiroth to satisfy the foe commander. Final Fantasy XIV's patch 6.2 will also expand improvements to the main scenario quests of previous expansions. Five additional dungeons from Heaven's Ward and a Realm Reborn will be revamped. The duty support system will also be added to several story-critical Heaven's Ward dungeons. Some other content, though, will follow after the debut of Patch 6.2. The game's first variant dungeon game type debuts in Patch 6.25. Players will plumb the Sildin Subterrain, a dungeon that scales its difficulty to the number of players participating. A variant of the variant dungeon, a variant of the variant dungeon, called the Criterion Dungeon, is a high difficulty dungeon built to challenge expert parties. The same goes for the next phase of the Hildebrand quests, Manderville Weapon and a new Tribe Quest series are also set for patch 6.25. Final Fantasy XIV Invoker is available on PC, PS4, and PS5. Patch 6.2 debuts August 23rd, 2022. So up next, it's been finally revealed. The text that I got, I never got a call, but I got texts. Idea Factor International will release Neptunia Sisters vs. Sisters for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC via Steam in the West in early 2023. Hyperdimension Neptunia Sisters vs. Sisters first launched for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 on April 21st in Japan. The PS5 and PS4 versions will soon be available for pre-order at retailers. IFI online store pre-orders will open at a later date. And uh, here's a bit about the game. While the goddesses were out responding to a distress call from the faraway PC continent, Nepgear and the other candidates were sent to investigate an abandoned laboratory. It was there they found the Ashen Goddess, who trapped them in a deep sleep capsule. By the time they awoke... Two years had already passed. The latest smartphone, the R-Phone, dominates the market. Neptune has been missing since her mission to the PC content, and in the absence of its goddess and its candidate, Planeptune was ravaged by a strange new phenomenon. The trendy outbreaks. <laughs> Man, I try to get through this without laughing, but suddenly finding herself robbed of home and family, Nepgear falls into a deep depression. This is a story about finding hope in the midst of despair and the rebirth of a goddess in the wake of destruction. As you make your way through the lands of game industry, you'll encounter a multitude of enemies. It's time to fight. Employ combos and chain your attacks together in real time. Take control of the battlefield in a unique tactical action battle system. Throughout the game, you'll discover fun accessories to deck out and customize your party members. After completing the game for the first time, you can show off your new styles in the new photo mode. And you'll also unlock two brand new characters to create two created by two legendary game developers. Higurashi from... Ryukushi 07 and Shanghai Alice from Zoon. In the wake of devastation wrought by the trendy phenomenon, the vast majority of the population has turned to their R phone for all manner of daily life, including communication. On your journey, connect to the Chirper social network. <laughs> the Chirper social network to take on a variety of side quests and put out by those in need and earn special rewards. On the battlefield, you can have three party members out at a time. Match up your team members with a partner for stat increases and elemental bonuses. The stronger the bond, the better the bonus. So uh, I'm stoked. I'm stoked for this. Early 2023, take my money. I'm going to be all over it. I love the Neptunia series. It is just quirky, hilarious fun. And this looks incredible. This sounds incredible. I'm all in. <laughs> 
And I saved this one for last because I do know, our buddy James included, there are people who do not want to know anything about the new Star Ocean game. So I decided to talk about this one at last. So if you don't want to hear anything about Star Ocean, I hope you have a fantastic week. You know, and in, enjoy it. Ride out the weekend. Play some good games. But we're going to talk about some Star Ocean now. Publisher Square Enix and developer Tri-Ace have released a new pair of character trailers for Star Ocean The Divine Force, including Albiard Bergholm and Elena. Albiard Bergholm. Albiard is a childhood friend of Leticia's, and he now serves as her knight in the kingdom of Osiris. He excels at simiomancy in the wielding of Chakram. Ooh, I love Chakram weapons. Nice. His strong sense of loyalty to Leticia means he is never far from her side. Albiard's left arm is covered down to his fingertips, and he occasionally gestures as if to protect it. And Alina is a new crew member of the merchant vessel Edas and Raymond's first mate. She manages an operation of just about the entirety of the ship, and her vast knowledge and cool demeanor have earned her the complete trust of Raymond and crew. Elena is constantly surprised by Raymond's proclivity for recklessness, but at the same time, she holds a high opinion of his leadership qualities. And if you'd like to check out these trailers, I did also retweet this as well over on the JRPG Report Twitter at JRPG Report. Star Ocean The Divine Force is due out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC via Steam October 27th worldwide. Probably going to be a day one purchase for me. I don't know about you guys. But that is going to about do it for this week's episode. Sorry, I know it's not super long, but I give what I get, you know. So I'm going to run through some housekeeping here. If you would like to find us on Facebook, you can find us over at facebook.com slash the JRPG report. Although I am much more active over on Twitter at JRPG report. If you would like to support the show, um, it would mean a whole ton. Um, and you could do that over at patreon.com slash JRPG report. Like these wonderful people, Kim C, Jake W, Jordan K, Kularian, Taylor F and master loot. You guys rock. And if you would like to hear more of me, uh, bi-weekly, I do a podcast called The Steam Machine with my buddies Nate and Willie where we play through PC games. Um, we've done a bunch of JRPGs. If you'd like to go check them out, we've done uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. We've done Tales of Berseria. What I did with, I did that one with James, actually. Uh, we did Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII. We've done, we've done a bunch. I'd, uh, I'd recommend you go check it out. And that's going to about do it for this week's episode of a JRPG Report. So until next time, guys, get out there and level up.